0: Drew Dixon, back with you for another Bible thump, uh, where I whack you with my huge Bible right over the head. Um, I make that joke every time, and I never really mean it. So, nope, not here to hit you with a Bible or make you feel bad, but here to hopefully encourage you, to bring you some encouragement from the Bible. It's been a tough week. Um, There's been lots of jokes about how bad 2020 was. And uh, man, if it's possible, it feels like 2021 has gotten off to an even worse start. So I know it's a discouraging time. Um, It's a time when it feels like there's not a whole lot of good news around us. What is there to be excited about? What is there to be um, hopeful about? There's a lot of people struggling for hope right now because things feel really, really out of control. Um, They feel out of control because of this pandemic. They feel out of control because of what's gone on in our country over the last several months, and particularly the last few days, politically. And uh, it's, these are scary, weird, anxious times. Um, and so I want you to know that I have really good news for you today. Um, because the message about Jesus from the Gospels is, by its very definition, good news. That's what that word means, gospel, literally means good news. And Mark's Gospel begins... With a proclamation of good news. Jesus begins his earthly ministry with a proclamation of good news. He's saying, Good news is here, it's among you, it's upon you. And this is really, really good news. Um, So let's look at it. Uh, Last week we did Mark 1. 1-8, Through 1-8, one, one through eight, and I'm going to pick up in Mark 1, starting in verse 9. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized in the Jordan by John. As soon as he came up out of the water, he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. Immediately the Spirit drove him into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness forty days, being tempted by Satan, he was with the wild animals and the angels were serving him. After John was arrested, Jesus went to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Um, what's the last piece of good news you remember hearing? It can be hard to to know the answer to that question because it feels like, man, lately there's been a lot a lot of bad news in fact i mean turn on um the tv right this week or turn on um social media which i don't necessarily we we need to limit our uh, i feel like right now we need to limit our exposure both to the news on the tv sometimes and even to social media because both can feel like a barrage of bad news right bad news sells this year fear sells um that, and that's always been true. Fear always sells. It gets people's attention. And so, that's why we see so much fear in the news. Um, it can be hard to find news, but you don't have to read the news for very long to realize um, that the, the reality that there's so much bad news tells us of something uh, important, something really important about the world that we live in. And we saw it in what we just read. The reality is, is that we live in a broken world. We live in a broken system. We know this because John's message was repent, right? We know this because Jesus' message was repent. Jesus and John are both saying, look, the way you're doing life and the way the world is going right now can't stay on the same course. You can't keep on the same course you're on right now because it's not working. It's not going well. It's not leading To your flourishing. It's not leading to the flourishing of your neighbors. We're on a bad path and things have got to change. And so Jesus preaches repentance because he's going to do something about what's wrong with the world. He's going to bring good news. And what is that good news? That's really important for us to to understand because, I mean, like I said, it's been a discouraging week. So, where can we find some semblance of good news? The first place we see good news is in what happens in Jesus' baptism. Why is that good news? Because in Jesus' baptism, something remarkable happens. The Spirit descends upon Jesus, and the heavens open, and and God speaks uh, from the heavens, right? From from the clouds. Don't think heaven, heaven, but think the realm of God. Like, God is speaking in this profound way. It's like God is, is communicating to to Jesus in this really profound way. And he says of Jesus, you are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. Why is that good news? Well, it's good news because here's a human being that God looks upon and says, I am pleased with you. Because here's the reality, um, I think it's really important for us to acknowledge, like, there's a lot of things that are going on in our world that are being done by human beings right now that God is not pleased with. And that's, that's important. That's that's good news that God's not pleased with these things because, um, because they're really bad and because they hurt other people and they don't lead to to, to flourishing. Um, the things that went on in our capital this week, um, the damaging of property, the, the 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 rioting, the striking fear in the hearts of others, the the trying to you know, um, you know, t- take uh, from other people. Um, those are things God's not pleased with. Um, but we could go deeper than that, right? Uh, we could. There's so many things that are going on today that God is not pleased with. God is not pleased with the people in our culture today who exploit others, who cheat them out of their money and their livelihood. God is not pleased with those who are um, – who, God is not pleased with those who abuse others um, physically or sexually or emotionally. Um, God is not pleased with those who slander others and tell lies and try to make other people uh, look small in order to get ahead, right? There's all kinds of things that are going on in our world right now that, say that, that, pe- that are done by people that God is not pleased with. And so, um, there's a sense in which I think when we look at the Bible's description of what we should be and how we should live and what our lives should look like, and then we look at what our lives really are and what humanity has done, what people have done, we should feel a sense of of disappointment and shame and frustration because we're not living up to our potential. Um, God created human beings with tremendous potential. He made us in His image and gave us this glorious task of of reigning and ruling over His world, and working and keeping it, and uh, bringing order and beauty and benefit out of this good world for the benefit of others, right? We have this glorious and good calling, and yet we've, we have fail to live up to it, and And the world that we live in is pretty chaotic, pretty frustrating. It doesn't live up to its potential in many ways, and so, um, and a lot of that, like, is the fault of, if not us, it's the fault of, of other human beings. Um, and. And it's a a deeply frustrating world in which we live. And we kind of wonder, like, is God pleased with anybody? But here's some good news for you. God is pleased with Jesus. And Jesus has come to be our new representative. So, as God is pleased with Jesus, that gives me hope that God can be pleased with you and he can be pleased with me. Right? That Jesus is going to change God's relation to you and to me. He's going to change the way that you and I could relate to God. God calls Jesus his beloved son. Later, uh, in in Jesus' ministry, he's going to tell us to pray like this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Our Father. Jesus taught his disciples to pray to God as if they are his children. Jesus changes the way that you and I can relate to God. God is pleased with Jesus, and that gives me hope that he can be pleased with us. And that's really good news. So, even though we live in a world that's wrought with bad news, where things are not as they should be, things are chaotic, things are uncertain, um, Jesus came to give us some truly good news. The best news, in fact, that the world would ever receive, the gospel, the good news about Jesus, has radically changed the trajectory of this broken world that we live in, and this good news about Jesus has the power to radically change the trajectory of our lives. Um... The frustration you're currently experiencing the difficulty that you're currently experiencing the sense of loss that you're currently experiencing by living in this frustrating world is not the end of the story it's not the end of the story for you and we see a glimpse of that in what we read in mark one because after jesus is baptized what does he then immediately to and immediately the spirit drives him into the wilderness and by the way, this is a feature of Mark's gospel. He just moves, boom, 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 from from thing to thing to thing that happened in Jesus' ministry. He skips all of Jesus' birth, jumps right in to the mix of things. We get a really quick uh, di- uh, really quick story about John the Baptist and Jesus being baptized, and then all of a sudden Jesus is in the wilderness being tempted by Satan. Um, and of course, the other gospels go into more detail about what those temptations looked like. Um, but here in, in Mark, we just find that he was tempted um but we know that he overcame that temptation so immediately mark's giving us evidence of what jesus is going to do about the trajectory of our lives and the trajectory of this world is on that is broken but by sin um and and it's this that jesus this one with whom god is pleased one of the first things he does is to show us that he can overcome temptation for um, millennia, from the beginning, human beings have been looking at that tree, right, that apple, and saying yes, right? Satan tempted Adam and Eve to say, hey, come eat of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The idea was like, hey, if you eat of this tree, the fact that it was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it's this idea of like, if you eat of this tree, you could be the one that gets to decide what's right and what's wrong, what's good and what's evil. Um, and they they were tempted to to question God's goodness and God's understanding, right? Satan says, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Right? So, he's trying to get them to question God's character, his goodness, his justice, but he's also tempting them to this idea that, hey, I can be the one who gets to be in charge of what's right and what's wrong and how life should go. Um, And we know when human beings get to be in charge of what's right and what's wrong and how things should go, things don't go so well. I mean, you could just There's so many examples from history, right? But so many examples when human beings are like, no, I'll get to decide what's right and what's wrong. And that's when when horrible things like genocide and human trafficking and um, exploitation of the poor and all kinds of things uh, begin to happen. Exploitation of people on the basis of race or or sex or whatever else, right? Um, Those things happen because people decided, I'll decide. I'll be the one that gets to decide what's right and what's wrong. Um, We reject God's standards and think we get to define our own. Well, for for all of human history, people have been giving in to those kinds of temptations. Now, we may not give in to those kind of temptations on the level of, of like, genocide or human trafficking or, or, or discrimination or those kinds of things, um, but we do give in to that temptation all the time, right? When we look at our spouse and say i'm not going to give you the attention that you're asking for because i want to do what i want to do and i want to play video games or i want to watch football or i want to i want to do me right i want to do my thing um or when we look at our children and um you know and 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 talk down to them and belittle them because they got in our way or they did something that annoyed us um those are just small examples of ways that we give in that we give into that temptation And that's what human beings have been doing for forever, right? Until we get to Mark chapter 1 and we find that Jesus was in the wilderness being tempted by Satan and he did not, he did not give in. He said no to the apple. He said no to the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For the first time ever, a human being has overcome Satan, Right? And he's done that on our behalf. He is our representative before God. He, he, he succeeds where we fail. Jesus has authority over, over Satan. He shows that he has power to say no to temptation. And as soon as he finishes doing that, what does he begin to do? He begins to proclaim the good news of God. And here it is. The time was fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So the kingdom of God's here. It's among us. It's now. It, it's not something we're waiting for. It's not something that we're looking forward to. It's, it's here. And everyone who says, I'm not going to keep going the way that I want to go. I'm not just going to keep living for me. But I'm going to look to Jesus. I'm going to trust that he loves me and he has a better way for me. He has a better plan for me. Everyone who makes that decision is a part of this new kingdom. And by the way, the kingdom that Jesus is establishing and has established is like totally different than any other kingdom in the history of, uh, of the world. Think about some of the greatest kingdoms in history and what made them great. Um, think about the Roman Empire during the time of Jesus. Why was it so great? It was great because Rome had destroyed every other nation around them. Like they had enslaved or killed all these nations to establish their dominance. Um, think about uh, our current uh, world, the world in which we live in, which the United States is one of the greatest nations in the world. It's the wealthiest nation and has the world's second-largest military. Two elements that are necessary to a great empire, right? But unlike the world's great kingdom, kingdoms which grew by military conquest and and, and economic dominance, right? The kingdom of Jesus began in the middle of nowhere and the wilderness in Nazareth of Galilee. Where common people lived, right? And in fact, in Galilee, it was considered to be a place that was overly influenced by pagan culture, Roman culture, right? Gentile culture. It was kind of looked down upon. And that's where Jesus chooses to begin his earthly ministry. And at the onset of Jesus' public ministry, Israel was living in captivity under the thumb of the Roman Empire with little hope of rebuilding a kingdom of their own. And yet, Jesus' message was this, was the kingdom of God has come near if you were living in, in Jesus' day, you probably wouldn't have felt like that's the case. But Jesus says, no, it's here. You, you just don't see it. So, as we begin our study of Mark, we're going to see that Jesus came to earth to establish the greatest kingdom the world had ever known. A kingdom that would radically reshape the world we live in. Jesus' kingdom is distinct from every other kingdom in the history of the world because it is a kingdom of spiritual transformation. And Jesus doesn't establish his kingdom by, by conquest and by putting every, you know by enslaving or destroying or killing everyone who gets in his way. But no, he establishes his kingdom by loving, serving, teaching, listening, and ultimately suffering and dying because he loves us because he wants a relationship with us. There is some really good news for all of us today. And it's this kingdom of Jesus that's here, that it's here with us now and it's been established and it's and it's continuing to be established by Jesus. Um, and he wants us to participate in this kingdom. We just got to see it. We just got to see it. There's some really good news all around us every day. We just have to open our eyes to see it. I hope this has helped you open your eyes to see some of the good news that we have to celebrate today, um, and I hope that it gives you some some uh, sense of, of of hope that Jesus has not done with this world, despite how frustrating and weird and difficult the last several months and days have been. Um, we have really good reasons to have hope. Um, I hope you see that. Hope this encourages you. Thanks for listening to, to Bible Thump. And to, to Love Line Nerd Radio. Um, if no one else tells you, I hope you hear it from us. Jesus loves you, nerd.